Welcome to the Prophet's Hour, a broadcast ministry of the Anointed School of Prophets Incorporated and the Prophet's House of Jesus Christ, founder and overseer Dr. Roseanne L. Tolliver. The Prophet's Hour. Praise the Lord, saints. Welcome to this edition of the Prophet's Hour. The broadcast ministry of the Anointed School of Prophets Incorporated and the Prophet's House of Jesus Christ. Founder and overseer, Dr. Roseanne L. Tolliver. First, giving honor to God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Also, giving honor to our founder and overseer, Dr. Roseanne L. Tolliver. We thank the Lord for her. And we thank the Lord for you all. And we pray that the blessing of the Lord be upon you and that he may cause his face to shine upon, upon you. Uh, we pray that we would receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. Amen. On this edition of the Prophet's Hour, we are going to continue in our series entitled Our Identity in Christ. Amen. Our Identity in Christ. And to begin today, we are going to start in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. And Mark chapter 8, verse 35. We're going to start with those two verses and then proceed from there. Amen. So, Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. They, and then Mark 8, 35. This is what they, they read is this. It says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Okay, Mark 8, 8 and 35 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Okay, so going back to Matthew 16 and 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him first, he says, deny himself. Then he says, take up his cross and follow me. He says, the first thing he says is deny himself. He says, if anyone wants to follow him, we have to deny our selves amen and that means we cannot do what we want to do in denying ourselves we have to give up doing those things that we want to do especially the things that our flesh wants to do amen to deny means to refuse to grant refuse to grant we can't grant the things that our flesh wants to do. One of them says not to afford, to withhold. Sometimes we have to withhold things that we want to do. So he says, let him deny himself. We have to, sometimes it requires us to deny our self-will. To, de to deny the things that our will, our flesh, our self, or the devil wants us to do. We have to deny those things. Then it says, and take up his cross. Take up his cross, dealing with the sufferings, even that we have to suffer. 
Second Timothy, Timothy chapter three, verse 12 says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It is promised that if we live godly, if we desire even to live godly in Christ Jesus, we will suffer persecution. Suffering is part of the walk with the Lord. Suffering is part of our walk with the Lord. It is part of it. It comes with the territory. Amen. So he says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That means not do what he wants to do all the time. Remember, Jesus even prayed. He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. So essentially, Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he has not already done. So he says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Amen. We have to follow. Amen. We, we talked about in a previous uh, edition of the prophets that we talked about being sheep. He said his sheep know his voice and a stranger he will not follow. Amen. But we have to follow the scripture says as many as are led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Amen. If we are sons and daughters of God, that means we are led by his spirit, which means we have to follow. Thank you, Jesus. We have to follow the voice and the directions and the leading of God. Thank you, Jesus, by his spirit. So in uh, Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. It's not about what we want. Amen. It's about what God wants, about what the Lord wants. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. His cross. He makes it personalized to each and every one of us. Take up his cross. The particular suffering that that is that we have to endure the specific and particular suffering that has been appointed to us to suffer for his sake. That's why the Apostle Paul mentioned the fellowship of his suffering. There is specific suffering that has already been chosen before the foundations of the world that we will have to endure. That's why 2 Timothy 3 and 12, we already read it, says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's one thing we all will have to endure is persecution. But he says, If any man will come after me, the Lord says, Then, then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So we have this contrast of saving his life and then losing it and then losing his life for the sake of the Lord or the sake of the Gospels and then finding it. Amen. Because we know uh, the scripture says for what what shall it profit a man if he gain the world? And lose his soul. That's what it's talking about. Uh, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. It's losing it is talking about losing his soul. Amen. Okay. 
let's go to, we have some scriptures to kind of go along with this. Okay. Read Mark 8.35. It says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Let's get the definition of save. First thing. He says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. So what does it mean to save? Some of the definitions of the word save mean preserve from injury. Whosoever will preserve his life from injury. Don't want to suffer anything. Don't want to go through hardship or anything that um, may be uncomfortable for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ or the Gospels. Save means to preserve from injury. To reserve or lay by for preservation. Another definition of save is to take or use opportunity. Opportunely, I'm sorry, to take or use opportunely so as not to lose. In other words, he says, whosoever will save his life shall lose it because those who, if we, when we want to save our life, it's like we don't want to let it go. So we have to let go of our old way, our old conversation. We have to let go of our old way of doing things in the world. We have to let go of our old way of doing things in our flesh. Amen. We cannot seek to preserve or to hold on to that old way of thinking or that old way of doing things. We have to be able to let go of those things and not try to save them or to hold them in reservation. Amen. I'm going to read a section from Isaiah chapter 55 verses 7 through 9. This is why, this is just one example of why we cannot try to save or hold on to our old way of doing things. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 7 through 9 read, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. See, the distinction here is being made to his way, not God's way, but his way. That's why he's saying, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Verse eight says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord. See, our way of doing things is not God's way. God has a whole different way. Jesus said he is the way. Amen. And we have to seek God for his way of doing things. That's why he says, Isaiah 55 in verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. That's why he's saying in the verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thought. We have to forsake those things in order to receive the thoughts and ways of the Lord. Verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways and his thoughts are higher than our ways and our thoughts. His ways and thoughts are better than our ways and our thoughts. Amen. And so it's always good. That's why the word says, whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Why is he happy? Because he chose the better way by doing things God's way. Amen. He trusted God 
by doing it his way. And when we do things the Lord's way, we show that we trust him. We show that we really do believe that he is God. Amen. And that he is Lord. Thank you, Jesus, by doing things his way in opposition to doing things our way. You know, the scripture talks about how, you know, you can say you have faith, but you don't have works to go with it. The scripture says faith without works is dead. He says, I'll show you my faith by my works. And the reason why is because he did those works trusting God. He was obedient to the ways of the Lord. Amen. And so that was the reason why uh, I think James was talking about that, why he why he could show his faith by his works, because his works were fueled. They were propelled. They were directed by his faith in God. Amen. He trusted God and decided and determined he chose to do things the way God directed him to do. And as a result, amen, he, he has those, those fruits, those works to show. Amen. So this is why Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me for whosoever will save his life. This is why we've got to we we've got to let go of our lives. We've got to let go of our way of thinking. We've got to let go of doing things the way we want to do them in order to do them the way the Lord wants us to do him. Thank you, Jesus. That's what it means, letting the Lord, letting God be the Lord, letting the Lord Jesus be Lord in our lives and to direct our paths. The Bible tells us to lean not unto our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. Thank you, Jesus. Another reason why it says whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Because the, the scripture says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The end thereof are the ways of destruction. Amen. Anytime we go about it our own way in opposition to the way that God wants us to, it's going to end up in death. It's going to end up in destruction. It will not turn out right if it's not done the way the Lord wants us to. To do it. If it's not done in his way, it will not work. Amen. Amen. So going back to Matthew 16 and 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Amen. We try to hold on to our way of doing things. We're going to lose our soul. It's, it, 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 is, it means that much. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. We have a choice to make. We can hold on to the way we do things in our own mind and in our own flesh and end up losing our soul or it says, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it or we can lose our life for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ and find it. Amen. There's a choice. God is setting a choice. He said, I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Amen. He said he sets it before us. That's why he says, choose you this day who you will serve. We are the ones who have the choice to make. Amen. God has already set it out before us. We can do it our way or we can do it his way. Amen. We can go to heaven or to hell. It is up to us by the choices that we make. 
Amen. He says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And the, and the thing about God is he tells us the end. He's already telling us the end result. He's telling us the end from the beginning. He said, if you save your life, you're going to lose it. But he also says, and whosoever, meaning anyone, whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Amen. Whosoever. God doesn't discriminate. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Mark 8.35, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Amen. Okay. Definition for lose. To lose means to mislay, to part or be separated from a thing so as to have no knowledge of the place where it is. So he says, for whosoever, Mark 8, 8 and 35, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Whosoever shall lose, whosoever will lose his own way of doing things, whosoever will lose the way of doing things that he learned in the world. Lose mean to mislay. That's why the word says lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. Lay it aside. Amen. That's why lose. One definition of lose. Another defini this definition of lose means to part or be separated from a thing. That's why the word of God says come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. He says, touch not the unclean thing. Amen. And he will be a father to us. He says, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Amen. And this is why we need to do it. That's why the word says, but whosoever shall lose his life, we got to come out from it. We got to separate ourselves from that. In Jesus name, we got to separate ourselves from our old way of doing things, hallelujah, from our, uh, from our uh, wicked ways and our unrighteous thoughts, amen. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Okay, let's see, okay. We're going to use, um, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11 verses 24 through 26. And this is actually talking about Moses. Okay, this is just an example of someone who who lost his life for the sake of God. Okay, Moses is an example. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 24 through 26. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather, hold up. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was brought up in that, but he refused to be called that. See, he was willing to lose his life, to lose what he knew. He was willing to forget those things, those things that were gained to him. As, as the apostle Paul said, he counted them as dung that he may win Christ. Hebrews 11, 24 through 26. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather 
to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. It says that Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He chose to suffer than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Verse 26 again, esteeming. That means he counted the reproach, the sufferings for the sake of Christ. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches. He said it's going to pay off even more. He counted it as worth more. Esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Egypt is symbolic of the world. He counted the sufferings of Christ to be worth more than the pleasures of the world. For he had respect unto the recompense of the world. I want to read a verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. It says, for our light affliction, this light affliction which we suffer, for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, temporary, whatever sufferings that we may have to go through or endure for the sake of Christ, whatever suffering, whatever dying to self or dying to self-will or uh, uh, um, whatever suffering, whatever punishment, whatever um, hardship that it may temporarily put on our flesh. Amen. It says it worketh for us a far more exceeding, it's exceeding and eternal weight of glory the temporary suffering will yield eternal benefits in christ jesus amen for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory but this is for whosoever will lose his life for the sake of the lord and the gospels going to read a portion from Philippians chapter 3 uh, starting at verse 7 going to read Philippians chapter 3 verses 7 through 10 and 13 through 15 Philippians chapter 3 verses 7 through 10 13 through 15 okay verse 7 says this it says but what this is the apostle Paul here it says but what things were gained to me those I counted loss for Christ. See, loss. He was talking about the things that he was willing to lose. Those things that were gained to him. See, he was willing to, he made the choice to lose his life for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Gospels. So this is what he's talking about here. He says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Here it is again, losing his life. Amen. Losing his life for the sake of Christ. Verse 8 again. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss, suffered the loss. He bore his cross. He suffered for the sake of Christ. He says, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things 
and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. So the things that he had gained in the world, uh, his accomplishments, his education, uh, those things he counted loss for the sake of Christ that he may know him. And the power of his resurrection, he wanted to know the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Amen. Now we're going to skip to, okay, verse 13 says, Brethren, this is still the Apostle Paul here, Philippians 3 and 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. This is still talking about losing his life for the sake of Christ. He was willing to forget those things. He wasn't trying to hold it in reservation. He wasn't trying to uh, preserve it so that he can pull out some world when he needed to. No, he says forgetting those things, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus. And then in verse 15, he tells us, he says, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. It means he, he's saying, Have the same mind to forget those things which are past, to forget those things from the world, to reach forth to these new things of God that he has prepared for us. That's what he's telling us. He says, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Okay? Alright. So, next verse we want to get. Colossians chapter 3, verses 3 through 4 say, It says, For ye are dead. This is talking to us. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. See, now Jesus said, Matthew 16, 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So now we're talking about find it. How are we going to find our life? Well, first we need to know where it is. Colossians chapter 3, verses 3 through 4 tell us. It says, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Our lives in Christ, our lives are hid with Christ in God. He says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Amen. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Amen. So I uh, just want to say Proverbs 25, 2 says, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Amen. So our lives is hid. It's concealed with Christ in God. Amen. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. And so we, by the spirit of God, can search out those things of God that he has for us. 
Amen. And so with that being said, in searching out, in searching out our identities in Christ, in searching out our life that is hid in Christ with God. Amen. We're going to go to, we're going to get another scripture here. Um, let's see. We're going to get 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, 10 and 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, and it reads, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. This is talking about our life in Christ. These things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10 says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So as our life is hid with Christ in God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, he searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. Verse 11, for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. The spirit of God does know. Amen. And so by the spirit of God, we can search the deep things of God. And he will reveal to us those things that God has prepared for us from before the foundation of the world. Even who we are in Christ Jesus can be revealed to us by his spirit. Amen. This is why it's good for us to pray in the spirit. I heard Mother Tolliver, Dr. Tolliver, I heard her talking to someone recently, saying, talking about the benefits of praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the spirit. She was talking about the benefits of it. Jude verse 20 says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We build up ourselves in our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 8 verses 26 through 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. This is why it's good for us to pray in the Spirit. This is talking about the benefits of praying in the Spirit and what happens when we pray for the Spirit because it says in verse 26, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he, talking about the Holy Ghost, maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, when we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, He is making intercession for us according to the will of God. Amen. Amen. So when we pray in the Holy Ghost, when we pray, the Holy Ghost is making intercession for us according to the will of God. Amen. For the Spirit, He searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And these things of God are revealed unto us by His Spirit. 
Amen. John chapter 6, verse 63. This is Jesus is saying here. He's saying it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So what is praying in the spirit? We're just going to talk brief. We're going to touch briefly on praying in the spirit. We have a couple of examples in the scripture, and it's not all of them. We're just going to list a couple of them. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. This is one example of praying in the Spirit, praying as the Spirit gives utterance. Here's another one. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. It says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So you have an example of those who spake with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And then you have an example in scripture where it says holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And this is actually referring to scripture. Not only can we pray as the spirit gives us utterance. But we can pray as moved by the Holy Ghost. We can pray the word of God as moved by the Holy Ghost. And that is also praying in the spirit. Amen. It says uh, once again, 2 Peter 1.21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. See, the scripture is not the, the scripture was not spoken or written by the will of man. It is the will of God. It is the word of God. That's why the scripture says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. But the apostle Paul there is talking about the whole armor of God. One of those things he lists, he said, put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. When we pray the word of God, we pray in the spirit. When we pray as the spirit gives us utterance, we are also praying in the spirit. Amen. But talking about the word of God, second Peter one twenty one. for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. It was not by the will of man. The word of God is the will of God. It is the will of God. It says, but holy man of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the word of God is also a tool we can use in praying in the spirit. First John chapter five, verses 14 through 15 say this, because we know that the word of God is the will of God, because we, it says the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. The word of God is the will of God. We find the will of God in the word of God. Amen. First John chapter five, verses 14 and 15 say this, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. When we pray in the spirit, when we pray God's word, amen, he hears us because it is his will. Verse 15 says, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Thank you, Jesus. So we pray in the spirit. Amen. And the spirit of God uh, will reveal those things to us. Amen. He will reveal. It says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. 
for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God, the things concerning our identity in Christ, the things that God hath prepared from us before the foundation of the world. We can find those things out by the spirit of God, because the spirit of God will reveal those things to us. The scripture says they are revealed unto us by his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But in order to do this, we have to walk in the spirit. Amen. We cannot walk in our flesh. Amen. I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. It says, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would meaning we can't do what our flesh wants to do this is the same thing jesus is talking about if any man come after me let him deny himself talking about deny his flesh we can't walk in the flesh and in the spirit amen <laughs> We got to walk in the spirit to, 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 in order to do the things that God wants us to do. We have to do them in the spirit. So the word of God says it's not by might nor by strength, but by your spirit, but by the spirit of the Lord, by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. This is the same thing. That's why he says, And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Because whosoever will lose his life those are the ones that sow to the spirit and shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. That's what finding it is. They're reaping that life everlasting. Amen. First Corinthians, no Romans chapter eight, verse seven, it says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It says the 1 Corinthians 2.14 says the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Romans 8 and 7 because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Enmity means the state of being an enemy. That's why the, Paul, the apostle Paul said he saw a war going on in him. There was a war going on between the members in his flesh. Versus his mind who wanted to serve God. And he said it delighted after the law of God in the inner man. I mean, there's a war going on, but we have to choose. That's why he says, choose you this day who you will serve. We have to choose. We have to choose to walk by the spirit of the Lord. We have to choose to walk by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. It's a daily battle. It's a daily choice that we have to make. Are we going to sow to the flesh or are we going to sow 
to the spirit? Are we going to walk after the flesh or are we going to walk after the spirit? Thank you, Jesus. This is a choice we have to make, but there is great reward in sowing to the spirit. Amen. And in seeking and wanting to find our identity in Christ Jesus, it is necessary. It is a requirement. Amen. That we pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That we seek God, that we walk in the spirit. Amen. Because those things that God has prepared for us, our inheritance, our identity in Christ, they are known by God. And it says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And so with that being said, we're going to stop right now. I thank I thank all of you for listening. I pray that the blessing of the Lord be upon you. I pray that he make his face to shine up on you. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that we receive this word, God, and that it bear fruit 30, 60, even 100 fold in Jesus' name. May the blessing of the Lord be upon you all. Until next time, this has been this edition of the Prophet's Hour. God bless. Thank you.